Faith FM. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. You! <laughs> Woohoo! What a great start to the day. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Australia on 87.6, 87.8, or 88 FM, or maybe even on the TuneIn app. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, you are here on The Breakfast Show with Mon and Lawson, filling in for Lyle. You're filling in for me for two weeks, and now I'm back and Lyle's yep. gone. Who knows what's going to happen next? Maybe... When Lyle comes back, the both of us will leave and you'll just be here by yourself, Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> the break- Breakfast with Lawson show. <laughs> oh, I'd love it. I'd, I'd love it. I'll take your job. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, a bit, I'm a bit nervous about that happening, not going to lie. <laughs> I was over in Europe and I was hearing stories about the double L show and I was like, I, I got to admit, that's kind of catchy. Double L. <laughs> double L. <laughs> the M is being pushed out of the picture here. <laughs> but. But. When did you get back from Europe? I actually got back uh, three. Friday last week. Okay. Well, it would be Friday last week, but this is the delayed broadcast. This is a delayed. It was still Friday last week, <laughs> but this is a delayed broadcast. So today is my first day back, but mm. you're hearing this on my second day back because uh, we recorded this uh, yesterday or maybe the day before. So basically, if today is not the 2nd of October, uh, it's because you are listening to the delayed broadcast mm-hmm. show. But you know what? Don't stress. You can actually jump across to the live broadcast. So every morning at the same time, our broadcast is happening live. And you can listen to that via our TuneIn app. Um, or you can go to our website. What's our website again? It is faithfm.com.au. That's it. And you can scroll to the top of the page, press play on the live stream, and uh, and you can listen to us there. And do you know what, Lawson? No, <laughs> Come on. Gonna be doing this Come on. <laughs> Look, I have jet lag, all right. You're going to be Lawson Lyle for a while. <laughs> Lyle slash Lawson. <laughs> uh, it's, the live show is so much better because you can call in, you can get on the show, you can win the prize, you can mm-hmm. get the giveaway. The giveaway did get snapped up today already. Yeah. Yeah, so you can't get that anymore. I think the... I think the the quiz might be still live though. Yeah. Yeah. If no one's got it on the day before, we let our delayed listeners have a crack at it. So do you know what? Don't stress. Have a crack at the quiz today. It is super easy, isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty simple. You, you, you got this, guys. Yeah. It's all yeah. good. Hey, tell us what you're grateful for. I am extremely grateful for my church family and that we got to hang out on the weekend and go down to the beach and get some burritos afterwards. And it's just, it's just the best. It's just awesome. And all our listeners for sure should have a gratitude story because we did enjoy a long weekend. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Just gone, and uh, definitely good stuff happening. I'm super grateful just to be back at work. I'm grateful mm-hmm. that nothing particularly went bad on my trip. I didn't get mugged or pickpocketed. I didn't miss any planes <laughs> or trains. Like, lose a passport. I got back safely. Yeah, didn't lose my passports. I got back safely. Um, Tipped up condition. I'm really grateful for that. Tell us what you're grateful for. You can text this anytime. It doesn't have to be live or delayed. Just whenever you want. 0491-064-669. Text us your gratitude. We'll share it with the world. Stay tuned. Great show coming up today. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take Him at His word Just to rest upon his promise just to know thus says the Lord oh how sweet to trust in Jesus just to trust his cleansing blood
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. And you are here with Mon and Lawson, who is <laughs> no longer filling in for me, but now filling in for Lyle. <laughs> I'm just, I, do you know what? I, another thing that I'm grateful for this morning, Lyle, is um, Lawson is you. Oh, <laughs> I you. really am just so grateful that you're here and that you're so willing to fill in, and you do such a good job of it too. Oh, I, I just love it. Like yeah. I love doing radio. Like I just love speaking. <laughs> I yeah, I just need, love talking. So. I, think, <laughs> I think you need your own show. I think you've earned it. <laughs> the the should, Lawson show, <laughs> like a little afternoon program yeah, or something. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll we scheme should, up some ideas. Yeah, and we'll pitch it. It's, it's yeah. a good concept. Well, yeah. we've recently we've recently acquired a new boss to 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 Faith FM. Yeah, that's so right. maybe hey, we could we can hit him up if you're listening. We'll have some conversations I with you. Haven't met him yet. He's he's good. Okay, good, good, good. Oh, His name's Maddie. I he's totally a cool forgot guy. about that. I totally forgot about that. I've been so wrapped up in my European plans. Uh, anyway, oh by the way, let me tell you about a little bit how my trip to Europe went. Oh. Yep, so it went fabulous, by the way. Just oh, had an amazing yep. time. Yes, I went to Germany. And while I was in Germany, I went to uh, a wedding for mm-hmm. which I was a bridesmaid. For the first time in my life. I'm Dude. so excited to be a bridesmaid. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even tell you. I've been a flower girl before. And mm-hmm. I've been asked to be a bridesmaid five times. And this is the first time it actually came through and happened. Okay. So it's a big event for me. Mm. And, uh, and, and it was a beautiful wedding. Uh, but would you believe, it, we were standing up there at the front of this chapel. It was a pretty small chapel. All the windows were shut. And a lot of people were stuffed inside this chapel. And it started to get really stuffy. I kid you not, Lawson. I started to like sway and almost passed out. And I was, wow. I was so angry at myself. I was like, no, I can't be one of those bridesmaids who faints. Yeah. <laughs> who <laughs> steals my- the show from <laughs> the actual wedding. <laughs> and I was like, it's my first time and I'm going to pass out. <laughs> I, just, I just got really lightheaded and, and yeah, I realized wow. I hadn't drunk anything in all the excitement, all the preparation mm. for the day. And yeah, and so I, I, I had to hold on to the altar. So, so I wouldn't well, it would have been quite hot. Yeah, and it got really hot all of a sudden mm. with all the people in there, even though, you know, it was pretty it was pretty chilly outside in Germany. And so I actually managed to um, catch the eye of a lady in the audience uh, who spoke English and, uh, and sort of mouthed to her that I needed water and sort of made that little cup tipping signal with the yep, hand. Yep, the yep, universal yeah, I, I gesture feel, yeah, 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 for yeah, water. Yeah. And, uh, and, and thankfully, she was, she was a doctor, so she knew what was up. She knew what's going she, yeah, on. Yeah, she knew what the deal was. And she, you know, quickly dipped outside and got me a cup of water and sort of like brought it down the side of the, of the mm-hmm. aisle and, uh, and gave it to me. And I had a drink in front of everybody. <laughs> but it was either that or fall over. Yeah. And so, yeah. But, but other than that, it was a beautiful wedding. Uh, it was in this... It was inside a castle, and uh, in a German castle, and then the reception was in like a beautiful 18th century uh, farmhouse. Yeah, oh, it was just it was just Epic. magical. Yeah, and I got to do decoration. I got to do the floristry. I made a flower arch. It was so much fun. Sorry, I'm taking up. Man, a lot. The, the tone of the show has caught like really changed as Monica's come back. You know, when me and Lila here, we talk about cars oh, and, and renewable ev- energy. Yeah, all that man stuff. Let me tell you about my outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I was head to toe pink. I had a I love pink, pink tulle skirt with a velvet pink sash around my waist. Mm-hmm. And then I had a lace pink top. And then I wore a flower crown and I had my hair in curls and I had Cute. rose gold ballet shoes. And I looked like a princess. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Legit. Oh, no, like, I, I can yeah. see it. Yeah. And it- I was like twirling and stuff. 
It was super. Oh, cute. that would be amazing. Because, <laughs> like, see, the thing is, right, is that I'm a guy, yes. so I can have guy conversations. Uh-huh. But I have three sisters, oh, so I can have girl conversations. Well so well I'm, I, I'm a social chameleon in uh-huh. a way. I, I'm all. Well, I, I, I get to. I get what you're saying. I know what that dress looks like, man. Oh, I know what's. I know what's going on. Okay, yeah, and yeah. it's good. It's yeah, good. thanks. I, I, I appreciate that about you. I really do. <laughs> and I, do you want to hear one weird thing about the wedding? Hit me. So, so in Germany, right? The culture is not really towards um, having bridesmaids and groomsmen. Mm-hmm. And so, because uh, my friend is Serbian and she married a German dude and that's why the wedding was in Germany. But she insisted on having, you know, um, a bridal party. But the Germans thought that was kind of weird. And so, he had to ask all his, his childhood mates to be the, his groomsmen. And they're, and they're kind of like, what? <laughs> but they What's agreed to it. Uh, but we didn't end up having a, a rehearsal. And so, we, we ended up sort of like, you know, just making up as we went on the day. And... Uh, and one of the groomsmen just got busy and forgot that he was supposed to walk down the aisle because the, the groomsmen were escorting the ladies down the aisle to the mm-hmm. front of the church. And so mine didn't show up. He was already waiting at the altar, like taking pictures and stuff with his phone. So all the other girls walked down the aisle with a fella and I walked out by myself. <laughs> No, look, Monica, you're just a strong, independent yeah. woman who don't need no man. Okay, I'm that's so what's, single. That's what's going on. But yeah, it was a beautiful wedding, even though I had to walk myself. Oh, and then on the way out, he also messed up, so I walked myself out as well. <laughs> anyway, it was Stitch a lovely up. wedding. And then, of course, I went to Poland, uh, mm-hmm. stuck across the border to Poland, and then I also went to Prague. And Prague is hands down the most beautiful city I have ever been to. Dude, yeah, yeah legit. Just incredible. Not the most beautiful country, but the most beautiful mm-hmm. city. Anyway, let me tell you some more good news from around the world. I actually have a wonderful story to tell you, Lawson. Yeah, this hit is, me. This is about how a college student and a minister answered each other's prayers with, would you believe, a note attached to a balloon. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So the story, the, the girl's name is Mykia Curry, and uh, she was actually the first member of her family to ever go to college, um, you know, but it hasn't, it hasn't been easy for her. So she's studying nursing at the Albany State University in Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, you know, very nervous, worried about finances. And uh, her, her mother is single and disabled, so the money is particularly tight in their family. Yeah. And she was due to move into the, um, the college dormitory, um, but didn't even have a blanket. Like, literally just didn't even have a blanket. Mm. And so, she actually wrote a prayer um, onto a letter and then attached it to a helium balloon and let, just let it go off into the air. Very symbolic. And wrote, dear God, please help me get everything I need before Wednesday. Wednesday being when she commenced classes. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the other side of town, um, there was a minister. This is in Monticello, Georgia. He was apparently losing his faith and, uh, and forgetting his purpose, he said. Mm. Um you know, he, he, he was actually the minister, he said the minister at, a, at the Springfield Baptist Church. And uh, he, he was just in the, he was just having, I guess, a crisis of faith. And this happens mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, to believers. We have a crisis of faith. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so much so that this guy didn't even want to go to church anymore. And, uh, and he was working his day job at a power company. And he actually spotted the helium balloons uh, floating through the sky. And they actually um, descended right to where he was. And so he read this this eighteen year old girl's letter, and he immediately knew this was divine intervention. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even though he himself was uh, you know not rolling in the cash either, described himself as just about the poorest preacher in Georgia. <laughs> and um, uh, but he spent almost all his money kitting out this young lady and getting her ready for school, ready for her university degree. Um, you know, bought her blankets, bought her uh, a mini fridge for her food, and uh, and the the gesture has renewed both of theirs' faith. 
and uh, you know, because she she said, you know, when praises go up, blessings come down. Oh yeah, and uh, and she was just flab. She just couldn't believe that this this actually like something actually came of this this letter to a balloon tying thing. And get this right. Obviously, it went up on social media, which then went up on the local news, and uh, so they, they put on the on the um on the the evening news, and an outpouring of donations came from the public, mm. and uh, and they raised over sixteen thousand dollars and basically paid this girl's entire tuition. Isn't that incredible? Dude, that's so epic. Yeah, I was that's so good. Yeah, like from one little prayer, one little balloon, and then the two of them it's just renewed their faith. And they're just rolling in the blessings now. Mm. I'm going to put this up on our social media because there is actually a video here of um, of them being interviewed on the, on CBS uh, Evening News. And you can check that out on our social media. Of course, our socials are uh, faithfm.com.au is our website. And then our Instagram is faithfmlive, as is our Twitter. And then we have our YouTube channel as Ooh. well. Yeah, we've been, uh, we've been promoting the YouTube channel over the last couple of weeks. Yes, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I do have to make a public apology that my, my phone, I actually had a glitch um, because <laughs> I posted so much footage of the wedding up that my apps just crashed and I couldn't even open them. And then yeah. a little bit by little bit, they started to work again. And it wasn't until I was back in Australia that I had full access to them. And so I am about a week behind in posting up the Q of the D answers. But they'll all be up by the end of this week. Yeah. Yeah. Or next awesome. week because I think they're on Lyle's phone and Lyle's at the conference. So, yeah, they're all going to be up soon. Uh, but uh, one more quick story in the last 30 seconds that I have here. <coughs> oh, excuse me. There's a lady. She has been uh, disabled for the past 10 years and uh, her name is uh, um, uh, Sandy of Utah. And uh, she can't actually get in and out of her bed safely or comfortably. Mm. And um, she's lost control of her motor functions. And her neighbor refused to let her go unassisted. So he got 60 men in his neighborhood to do a rotating schedule to every day turn up at her house and help her get into bed and, uh, and turn up in the morning and help her get out of bed. Isn't that amazing? Dude, the- For 10 years. I love good neighbors. It all comes down to the lampsing from the foundation.
back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Mon and Lawson. And Lawson, do you know what? I knew, I knew I'd forget something. Mm-hmm. I knew I'd forget something. My brain is so mushy. I don't know if you realize, but I'm having the worst jet lag I've ever had in True. my life. And I don't know if you can tell by my, my, my slightly clocked up voice, but I'm a little mm. bit sick as well. And um, I would have taken more time off, but I found out that Lyle was going to this conference. And I'm like, well, I don't want to leave Lawson by himself. <laughs> um, but I, I got in today and I was like, I, I, I just know I'm going to stuff something up on this show today. And indeed, I forgot to do the quiz. Yep. Yeah. So sorry, sorry, listeners. But here it is now. Get those brains in gear. We've had a little bit of extra time for you to like your brain sleep. But now mm-hmm. it's time to wake it up. It's time to do the quiz. And to make it a little bit easier for everyone, I'm going to give them two clues right do off it. the bat. Do two it. Two clues. This is an epic quiz. Yeah. Because it's a what book am I quiz, so it's uh-huh. already uh-huh. we're narrowing it down. It's one in 66. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but it's oh, it's just it's one of my favorites. So, anyways, the first clue is this book declares that those who led many to righteousness will shine like stars forever and now ever. So, very... Very symbolic. Yeah, very mm. symbolic. Ooh. Ooh. Mysterious. Ooh. Wait, wait, read that again. All right. This book declares that those who lead many to righteousness will shine like stars forever mm. and ever. That that's a that's, that's a beautiful, good incentive. Yeah, yeah. To, to lead like others one. to righteousness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But our next clue is, and uh, I think this should get it for, yeah. for people who are biblically um, minded. Quote. The astrologers assured the king, there is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> that one's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. <laughs> and it'll get easier and easier as we go down the clues. So remember, if you have an answer for this clue, you can call us up on 1-800-324-843 or give us a text on 0491064669 or, you know, hit us up on our Instagram, faithfmlive, um, send us a Facebook message, whatever it may be, um, and you can claim... The prize, Ooh. which isn't going to be double prizes today because we both Lyle's, know the Lyle's not here yet. We both yeah. know the answer. I was, I was just saying, I was like, man, you should have done the quiz and I should have been, I'm the new Lyle. I'm the 19-year-old yeah. Lyle, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. But I got to tell you, I, I knew what book, what book that was. Yeah, straight yeah, up. Yeah. Straight up. Even if I hadn't read the answer when I came in that morning, I knew what that was. Dude, it's, so. it's a favorite, definitely. It's yeah. it's where it's at. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a life changer. There's another clue for you. It's, this is actually one of Lyle's favorite books and he talks about that a lot. Mm-hmm. One of one of two favorite books of his. Anyway, continuing on with some global news, and I was like, you know, as I do researching, looking, oh, what can I talk about? And the biggest thing that's been coming up is the the devastating earthquake that's just yeah. happened in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, what I try to do is is talk about news that's not necessarily in the headlines, but um, yeah, the headlines have just been absolutely flooded with with this tsunami slash earthquake that's happened and it's it's just a real real tragedy this is what we know so far about this earthquake uh, the official death toll from the earthquake and tsunami in indonesia has rise has risen to 844 oh, mercy. but thousands more are feared dead as aid workers continue to struggle to reach the worst hit areas of dungala and balaroa so yeah, already like the death toll is extremely high. We're seeing, you know, like this is this is a, you know, well, it's already it's a 7.5 magnitude earthquake mm-hmm. that resulted. Not only wasn't an earthquake where, you know, buildings were collapsing from the shaking, but then um 
was a two or three meter tsunami tsunami um coming in yeah and i have to admit like i i kind of tuned out on my holiday just didn't want to listen to any news for mm-hmm. a bit but this one did trickle through and i yeah. Yeah, i remember being surprised because at first it was like oh there's been no fa- fatal fatalities and then suddenly oh actually 380 and then it just kept jumping up and jumping yeah. up and jumping higher and higher higher and higher and higher, and higher. Mm-hmm. um and of course like this all transpired over the weekend it started well it really started off on the 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 28th of september mm-hmm. um and it's just yeah it's been a massive struggle and a massive effort um well the, the actual city where it struck was the city of palu uh mm-hmm. in sulawesi and yeah oh man just tragic we're gonna read some more here um man this is heavy the bodies of some of the victims have been buried in a mass grave near palu the grave has space for more than a thousand people so they're already they're digging mass graves because they realize like Man, the death toll's already up there. We've got all these bodies. We need to bury them. Yeah, like, because, because of disease. Yeah, if, you have, if you've got cadavers lying around, the disease is going to spring up. So, mm. yeah, it's best to, to, to bury them. I mean, as long as they've ID'd them, and yeah, they need mm. to bury them quick. Um, at least 600 people wounded in the disaster are being treated in hospital, and more than 48,000 people have been forced from their homes. This is... Oh, but, I mean, is 40, there even a hospital left? 40,000? Yeah. You know, you've got to imagine, like, because... You know, we're talking about if 48,000 people are left out of their homes, that's like mass destruction. Yeah, that's huge. So, so the hospital in which people would be going to to seek refuge and help would be pretty far away. Mm-hmm. So they're already, you know, they're working against the odds here. Um, electricity is down in the affected region, hampering rescue efforts, and there is a major shortage of fuel. Queues at petrol station around... Palu reportedly stretched for kilometres. The International Committee of Red Cross says that 178 of its aid workers are on the ground in the area. So, yeah, um, not only is it affecting the people, but it's also affecting the resources. And, yeah, people are struggling, but luckily there's aid workers in there. Um, Thousands of people have tried to flee the Palu via the city's airport. Only one flight a day is due to leave. And I heard they lost some of their runway. Yeah, and so like apparently, hurricane the hurricane planes can still land to bring aid, but other than that, it's quite difficult because they've mm. lost like I think a third of it or something. So. Yeah, from this earthquake, and and finally, the last little fact I have here: more than fourteen hundred prisoners are missing from local jails Whoa. in the area. Uh huh. This Whoa. is this is some serious like. Paul and, and Cyrus in, in Acts chapter 16, you know, when the earthquake comes yeah, through and <laughs> shake the prison and opens up the doors. Yeah, I'm like, not sure if it's that great to have these particular but these, the, the, yeah, yeah, These aren't the ones that are getting ministered to with the, the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we're just seeing it's it's a crazy, heavy situation. But there are some good things coming out of this. Really? Um, not necessarily, you know, because this is a very tragic event, but there are some stories coming through of just – Selfless acts. Um, for example, um, you know, one of the air, an air traffic controller actually, you know, stayed in a building while the earthquake was happening to help a pilot take off, oh, wow. um, and then he uh, jumped out the window of the building um, as the earth as the building was collapsing, and it was unfortunate that he ended up uh, dying. But you know, this oh. the man who was the pilot has been. Um, you know, shared some posts and shared some different things about this man. His name was um, Anthonius Agung. He was 21 years old oh. and he helped this guy, um, you know, just self-sacrifice, help this guy get off the runway um, so that he would, you know, avoid the earthquake. And unfortunately, um, yeah, Anthonius ended up losing his life. But, you know, there's been, you know, big 
people have been talking on on the internet about this guy and and have been sending money to his family and just helping out because they can see like wow this this guy um really selfless another thing that i've been seeing going on and we're actually going to put a, a link to this on our social medias uh adra international um, which is a massive um, you know, charity mm-hmm. um, and aid organization. They're, disaster they're, relief agency. Di- yeah, disaster relief. They're currently, um, you know, they're, they're, they've opened up to to receive disaster relief and they've currently raised $32,000 um, just in the last 23 hours. And they're, wow. they're, they're aiming at raising $100,000, um, which they're going to be sending to Indonesia. If you don't know what ADRA does, basically it houses people in need. Um, during you know massive uh, disasters like this, I, I had the privilege of working with Adra last year um, when Cyclone Debbie came through, um, through you know Queensland, mm-hmm. um, and you know all the mass flooding and everything that happened in you know Queensland and northern New South Wales. Uh, I was privileged to be able to work with that team and and give aid to people and. You know, not only was it an amazing opportunity, you know, to, to be able to, to help these people, um, to be able, you know, at the time I was at a Bible school and we decided to close all our classes and just go out with shovels and, and just their hands and yeah, just help people get out of their house houses. And Not only was that amazing, but being able to minister to these people um, and just help them. You know, Jesus, Jesus himself says, you know, to, to help the afflicted. Um, and, and the wounded and the downtrodden. Um, and, yeah, to be able to, to get out and help these people. And people actually came to church and became members of our church because because of, you know, the the selfless helping of, of individuals and the work that ADRA did. So, yeah, we're going to be posting this link on social media. If you want to support ADRA in the, in the relief in Indonesia, which will not only support the people, but will also be the spreading of the gospel, check out our social medias and you can help there. But... Yeah, it's just good to see that people are doing something. Um, people are helping. And I think tragedy just brings out the best in us. Amen. We're going to take a break now and then we'll be back with our interview, which is with Don Batten. Come, let us worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Let us worship and bow down And kneel before the Lord, our Maker Come, let us worship and bow down And kneel before the Lord, our Maker Come, let us worship and bow down
is our God. We are the people of His pasture. He is our God. He is our God. We are the sheep of His hand. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. This morning for our interview, I'm joined by Dr. Don Batten from uh, Creation Ministries International. He's an agricultural scientist. And the reason that I've asked him to join our show today is in relationship to a new discovery um, that's been in the, I, I guess, in the news for the last week or so about uh, fat molecules being found in a uh, fossil in Russia. Apparently we also have these same fossils in Australia that is apparently or supposedly 558 million years old. And um, yes, Don, I wonder whether you could tell us about this um, Dickinsonia, I think uh, is the pronunciation. (laughs) Yeah, Dickinsonia. Yes, it's a so-called Ediacaran fossil uh, that's... uh the age given is between 540 and 570 million years ago, and uh, they're in South Australia in the Flinders Ranges. Is a lot of them, and uh, that's where they originally were discovered, I believe, and named from there. But they've been found in other parts of the world as well. But there's a lot of really peculiar things that we don't have around today. Uh, some are around today, like there's one called a sea pen, which is in the uh, museum in Adelaide. And uh, it's clearly uh, almost identical to what we see today. Um, they're a soft coral, and uh, they've got a, a hold fast, and then they've got this sort of sort of tree-like branching structure, and uh, with the filter feeding and everything, and the polyps and so on. And, and uh, actually, we've got an article coming up about that soon in the Creation Magazine because it's such a clear example of what's called a living fossil, where. There's been no change, um, no substantial change in supposedly all this huge period of time. Um, in that same time frame, according to the evolutionary story, uh, something has involved, evolved into you and me and elephants and mice and dinosaurs and birds and, rep- and all sorts of uh, fish and uh, just this whole diversity of life on Earth supposedly made itself by a natural process called evolution in the time frame where this um, sea pen stayed unchanged and like a lot of other things have stayed unchanged. But, mm. but this particular thing, Dickinsonia, they weren't real sure what it was, whether it might have been a plant fossil or a, an animal fossil. So uh, quite reasonably they went looking for some 
organic compounds that are only in animals um, and they looked they found um, cholesterol which would indicate it's an animal not a not a plant um, uh, but then that raises a question too well if cholesterol's been around for all that period of time <laughs> it's a bit of a tall story too and there's two two issues one is that cholesterol of course, it was in animals way back then, mm-hmm. but also how could it survive all that huge period of time? Um, because organic compounds break down. Um, even if we're in the fridge, they break down. You know, when you've, when you've got some frozen fish in the fridge, it has a, a use-by date, you know, three mm-hmm. months, six months, and this is in the freezer. <laughs> mm-hmm. so how can anything last 550 million years, supposedly, uh, in the environment, that just stretches the imagination enormously. Yeah, on a cliff face somewhere in Russia or something or other. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I understand that the ones that we have here in the Flinders Ranges are more of a uh, a footprint, um, whereas the ones that they have over there, there's more of the actual structure of the animal that's still in existence. Uh, yeah, that's could that could be so. Though the ones and maybe nobody's looked at the ones in South Australia because the. Because of the supposed age, the evolutionary uh, paleontologists looking at these things tend to make assumptions, and the assumption is there's no organic matter because they're so old. Mm-hmm. And uh, this assumption was applied to dinosaurs, of course. And then uh, Dr. Mary Swite from the United States, she found um, initially found blood cells, or what she said looked like blood cells. She wasn't going to say they were, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they clearly were. Yeah, yeah, and then. Yeah. Then somebody doubted that, so she actually um, found hemoglobin in the dinosaur fossils. And then since then, they've found all manner of things have been found in the dinosaur fossils. And it's a great surprise to all the evolutionists. In fact, there was a huge backlash against her findings initially with people trying to claim that they couldn't possibly be and there must have been something else. So bacteria had invaded the bones recently and created these, like, uh, there there was... um, the blood vessels were still there and stretchy and after you know over 65 million years old uh that really does boggle the imagination it does it does be. um so in fact when they what, what sort of um prompted mary swites to even have a look at this was when they were digging up these dinosaur bones in montana um they had to break this massive femur to fit into the helicopter flight back to the lab and um, when they broke it, it smelled. And so I thought, how could something smell after all this period of time? <laughs> there, must, there must be organic matter in there. There must be organic matter. So that's what started her on this this uh, research, which has found all this stuff. And they found recently found DNA in the bones as well, which is just absolutely... It should be it should cause people to question these millions of years. It really should. Yeah, I mean, it's remarkable that you know something like that could survive for a thousand years or four thousand years, even. Exactly um, right. Yeah, and, that's right. Which which goes to show that you know that that uh, <clears throat> you know animal life here on this earth is a, is a remarkable creation to begin with that it can survive you know a short period of time, but for to survive you know five hundred and fifty million years, that's um that's quite a stretch. It is a huge stretch. It's so how have um, how have the scientists actually come up with this date of uh, um, or this date range? I guess five hundred and fifty million years is sort of in the middle of that range for these particular fossils. 
Yeah, well, people sort of imagine that they put a rock in a machine and measure the age of some scientific process. And uh, the way they publish the age is it makes it sound like that. But They certainly uh, course, publish it with great confidence. Oh, they publish it with great confidence. And um, because the actual technology used, say, for example, radiometric dating, the actual technology of measuring the isotopes in the rocks and things is a very precise process. You know, you get very precise figures out of it. But you have to make assumptions about the history to actually calculate an age. And so where do those assumptions come from? Well, they come from the long trail of evolutionary assumptions and reasoning which has been applied in the last 200 years to everything that's to do with rocks and fossils. And so uh, when somebody finds a rock or a fossil, they put it in the context of the existing paradigm, the existing way of thinking. So... It's not as if you can go out in the in the, the environment. You see, if you go to Flinders Ranges in South Australia and just pick up a fossil and take it into the lab and say, "We're going to date this," mm-hmm. it doesn't work like that. It f- has to fit into the into the existing story. So that's how they date things. So if they do a radiometric date and it doesn't fit their story, which often happens, in fact, more often than not, it happens. Um, they say, "Well, uh, okay, there must be some reason why." the radiometric date doesn't match what we know it to be. <laughs> <laughs> so how do they then know what they... So, so, for instance, you pick up a fossil in the Flinders Ranges. Um, how do they determine what kind of parameters to put into the machine first to be able to um, produce the dates that they're, that they're looking for? What kind of information well, are, they, are they actually well, using? Here's the thing. When you send it off to the radiometric dating laboratory, uh, you have to tell them what date you expect. Right, and how do you how do you know what date to expect? Well, that's based on the existing story, which it has to fit into. So, uh, in Flinders Ranges, South Australia, the geology's got certain sequence of strata and so on, mm-hmm. um, and other strata that they someone else has worked on has decided this is a certain date, and then some, perhaps strata below where you're looking at, someone's decided that's a certain date, yep. and that's been published in the literature. So that's a you know that's accepted dates. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at something in between, you have to then get a date which is in between those two dates to be accepted. Right. So it's a lot of circular <coughs> reasoning and yep. what they call confirmation bias. So you um, you start out with a, an idea and you look for evidence to back up your idea. Yeah, that's not really science, though. It's not really science. No, and the historical science isn't really science. When you're trying to reconstruct the past, you start with a worldview or a way of looking at things, a, a framework of thinking into which you plug the bits of evidence. Mm-hmm. And so, and as a creationist, I do the same thing. I'm not saying that, that it's any different, but the sure. point is that whoever is reconstructing history is starting with certain presuppositions, certain worldview into which they plug the data. We've all got the same data. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a question of how you interpret data, how you fit it into your worldview. But, of course, there's also another thing is which one makes the best sense of the data. And, of course, I would say my view or our view um, makes much better sense of data because we're saying that these uh, fossils were formed only thousands of years ago and, of course, to have organic compounds like cholesterol and DNA and, and hemoglobin and osteocalcin and all sorts of other proteins which fall apart in, in hundreds or thousands of years, uh, how can they still be there? Well, the things aren't millions of years old. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and that fits in with, with our view much better than their view. So 
Yeah. I think that's an important point to make because, um, you know, when I talk to people, they're like, oh, well, what's your evidence for uh, creation? I'm like, well, it's exactly the same evidence you have because evidence by nature is evidence, you know. That's right. <laughs> We're all looking at the same evidence right here. That's it? right. <laughs> it's not different. It's just a, uh, a different way of interpreting the evidence and then, you know, sitting back and saying, well, which one uh, actually fits better? Um <clears throat> Okay, so yeah. another, another thing that really backs up what, what we're saying is that the carbon dating, uh, you know, carbon dating. But a lot of people, a lot of lay people, think carbon dating is something to do with millions of years. But in fact, carbon dating actually only works on things that are thousands of years old. And because the carbon fourteen isotope that's used for carbon dating, um, it breaks down so quickly that um, if something was if you had a pure block of carbon-14, like a kilogram of carbon-14, in fact, if the whole Earth were carbon-14, nothing else, no nitrogen, nothing else, just carbon-14, the whole Earth, in one million years, there'd be nothing left. That's how quickly it breaks down. Right. So carbon dating is very, very limited to, um, to, to recent... Limited to thousands of years. Yeah. So, so here's the deal. If you, if you carbon date, if you go and look at dinosaur bones, you find there's carbon-14 in them. So how can that be if they're millions of years old? Well, that was about, that was what I, what my next question was going to be. If we've got um, if we've got soft tissue in dinosaur bones, then we should be able to carbon date them because they're obviously and that's, and that's been done and they give us thousands of years, not millions of years. I mean, if they're millions of years old, you could not carbon date them. You couldn't yeah. actually measure the carbon fourteen. So um, so it'd be interesting if this uh, cholesterol these people have found in this Dickinsonia. Um, if someone would carbon date it. Now, of course, the evolutionists won't do that because they don't believe it's possible to have any carbon-14 present. Or if there was carbon-14, they say it must be contamination. So this is where their worldview actually determines what research they'll even do. Mm, mm, mm. Um, but, you know, <laughs> they've, they've actually found di- diamonds have carbon-14. Now, diamonds are supposed to be billions of years old, uh, and yet they've got carbon-14 present in them, and that's a huge problem for the billions of years story because a carbon, you know, diamond is a, is a crystal structure of carbon where there's there's no spaces where you can actually add carbon fourteen after the diamond's been formed. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's not as if you can put carbon fourteen into a diamond because there's no way you can't to put contaminate it. it. You can't contaminate it with carbon. <laughs> so, so you can't can't explain the carbon fourteen in diamonds by saying it's contamination. So that's what they try to do with the, with dinosaurs and things like that. But but here's the deal: this has been done. Coal ranges in age, according to evolutionists, from about ten million years to sort of three hundred million years, right? Sure. But um, creationist scientists have actually carbon dated the coal, and all of it gives the same carbon signature. Oh, is that so? Signature, all of it. Right. In, in, and, and I would say, well, that's because it was all buried during that Noah's flood. Yeah, it all, all, all originated at the same time. It all originated at the same time. Mm. So, so I say, we've got the same evidence. Yeah. You know, we, we, which one fits the story better? That's it. That's exactly right. Coming back to this uh, Dickinsonia, um, yeah. <clears throat> you mentioned at the beginning of the uh, of the um, of this piece that. Um, there is a very similar organism in the museum in South Australia, which is a much more recent one. Um, are scientists arguing that this particular animal is some kind of missing link, or um, do they have a place where they actually put it in, and you know, it, it it turned into this, and then this, and then this, and then this, and and then here we are, or are they, or, or or is this one that sort of one by itself? 
Well, uh, Dickinsonia is not connected with anything that, that anybody suggested. In fact, one of the one of the uh, really strange things about the Ediacaran fossils is that they're not connected. Well, almost none of them are seen to be connected with what comes uh, later in the so-called Cambrian period. And so uh, this is a huge question over the whole story is um, we've got all this huge range of different creatures uh, fossilised or plants, I'm not sure, a lot of them, uh, fossilised in the Ediacaran and then nearly all of them disappear and they're not found again in the fossil record. Um, and then the Cambrian stuff is where you see all the uh, different phyla we see today are all there in the Cambrian rocks, you know, the, and so um, there's no, there doesn't seem to be much connection. The sea pen I mentioned earlier is one that is clearly connected. Uh, it's clearly identical, almost identical to what we see today. Now, I wonder whether, again, the evolutionary glasses that have been worn by many of the people doing the research, whether if they looked at the Ediacaran fossils, looked at what's around today, and particularly with some of the things that have been discovered in the deep sea, you know, around the uh, smokers and uh, deep sea smokers and things like that, um, whether they'd find modern creatures which actually are you know, what we're looking at in the fossils. Because in the fossils, as trouble is, they're only just remnants of what we've got, what was originally there. So, mm. um, But, you know, is it is it that their evolutionary glasses have actually prevented them from seeing the connections with living creatures today? Because they think, oh, it's so long ago, there couldn't possibly be any similarity between what we find then and what we find today. Well, a sea pen is a clear example of one which is still around today. Um, so uh, maybe there's others. Mm, maybe if they mm, mm. change their glasses, they'd actually see that there's more connection between the Ediacaran fossils and today's creatures than what they think there is. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Dr. Don Batten, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. You've raised some interesting questions there, and we'd love to get you back on again sometime to um, yeah talk about the Cambrian explosion and, and uh, so many other things that we could uh, investigate. But unfortunately, we're out of time. We do need to move on. Thanks, Lyle. Good to be with you. Uh, that was Dr. Don Batten. From, he's an agricultural scientist with uh, Creation Ministries International. You're listening to Faith FM.
enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10am every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.